welcome to Multiverse Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. I'm Devin. And this week we're talking about... Justice League. The Age of Wonder! Which, I think that sounded a bit too sarcastic. It, I'm actually very excited to talk about this. Uh, you haven't seen Justice League, right? Not yet. You know you can just see Thor 3 again. Hey, but I could just do both. Yeah, you do have that movie pass. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Justice League is going to eat two hours of time that you could spend not watching Justice but League. you did, Luke. Don't moral high horse when it's something you did. No, no, I'm not moral high horsing. I'm saying I sacrificed my time to let you know that you shouldn't waste your time watching Justice League. No, my brother said he said it wasn't bad. He just said it wasn't good. Which of your brothers, though? Ryan. Yeah, but do we want to trust Ryan in his opinion? Ryan understands that the DC movies are bad. He at least knows those places. I knew, too. But, like, everyone's like, oh, it's not as bad as some of the other movies. And it's like, uh, yeah, but, like, the other movies have been absolute shit. And this is just, like, it would have been... Because Zack Snyder doesn't understand how to do this. DC doesn't understand what they want to do. I well, mean, that too. But they also picked a bad director. They they picked a director who they've been basing their brand on. So I I, I don't accept it, but I understand it. It's one of those things where like everything they've been doing has been pretty much based on New Fifty Two takes, and there's a reason why the New Fifty Two is no longer around. Like they waste jack kirby's ideas in this movie so much it, it's disappointing that's fair and sex yeah yeah especially like compared to thor 3 where it's like oh you see those like celestial like jack kirby ass like ultra technicolor designs and everything and then you get over to justice league where it's like uh, yeah, we're going to put it as a pair of demons and some Steppenwolf, and it's not even going to be classic Steppenwolf, and uh, we don't know what Mother Boxes is, so we're turning them into MacGuffins. I love you, MacGuffins. I actually heard the Superman scenes are okay in this movie. Oh, yeah. Well, when Superman is doing what Superman should be doing, I had tears in my eyes because Superman is a beautiful person. Which is the problem but, I heard more of by why people are very now unsure about Zack Snyder more so. Because all those Superman scenes that people are praising were reshot by Joss Whedon during the brief time that he <sighs> had taken over. Thank fucking God. So all those so all those scenes weren't even that people like actually said are good aren't even Snyder's. <laughs> So people are like, yeah, we're not feeling any more hopeful about him. Yeah, well, and those two flavors don't really work together all no, that well don't. either. Like, you can tell, yeah. God. Well, they're two very distinct styles and tones. <sighs> Zack Snyder basically just yeah. wants to be Christopher Nolan, but he can't because he's not as talented. Also, not everyone needs to be like goddamn Christopher Nolan. How is Snyder like Nolan? He's trying to go for that grimy, gringy, Dark Knight vibe. 
Because no one produced the first. I know he at least produced Man of Steel if he didn't produce uh, BVS. Because DC wanted to replicate that Dark Knight success so bad. Anyways, uh, Justice League The Age of Wonder was a two-part series that came out in 2003 that was recollected in 2011 when they were just reprinting a bunch of the old, like, Elseworld specials as uh, 100-page spectaculars. It was written by Adesakti uh, Tentmid, with pencils by Galen Showman, breakdowns by P. Craig Russell, inks by Galen Showman as well, colors by Dave McCaig, and letters by Bob Lapin. And, like, you know about P. Craig Russell, right, Devin? Nope. Uh, he's, like, a beautiful, beautiful layout person. And, like, that's mostly what he did here, and it shows. Like, I didn't even put together that uh, Showman had done the pencils. And then uh, Adasakti Tantamed, do you know, are you familiar with his work? Or at least not the the names. Uh, He mostly writes for Bleeding Cool, apparently. And, like, this is his only major comic work, which is surprising because it's, like, very, very good. Yeah, yeah, I don't really read Bleeding. Well, no, but this comic is very good. But yeah, I, I looked it up to be like, oh, have has this person done anything else? And they've done some movie writing and some TV mm-hmm. writing. But it's like, oh, yeah, this book is very, very good. I, I, I recommend getting it. Uh, but it is Odd Earth 1876, and it is the year 1876, and the Centennial Exposition is going on as they are showing off technology like the telephone, while Lois Lane, reporter, and Lex Luthor walk about discussing the future. Meanwhile, at the exposition, Lex Luthor walks about discussing the future and Thomas Edison's company, which is promising to change the world. Meanwhile, Jonathan and Martha Kent are looking for their son, who is going to reveal something great. And as they notice a crowd forming outside, they go up to look, and are soon joined by Lois Lane, who has left Lex Luthor behind. Outside, we see Clark Kent flying, holding the torch of the Statue of Liberty, revealing himself, his powers, and this gift from the President of France. And my only complaint that I have about the book is they miscolored the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, it wouldn't have been green then. Yeah. It would have been bronze. Come on, Dave McCaig, and also editor editorial staff. What a bunch of rubes. Uh, yeah, that's my Neil deGrasse Tyson style takedown of this issue. And uh, so Clark Kent introduces himself as someone who doesn't or maybe the want French to really like. Giving us some shoddy material. We want to honor you, but not that it, it, bad. Oh, we have all of this old bronze that has been turned green with oxidation. We shall give it to the Americans, and we sh- and they shall think within thirty years that it was also always that way. Also, we do not have color photography. That that weirdly got Russian towards the end. It did. And no, there wasn't color photography, Luke. The world was just black and white back then. And all that changed in the 60s. It's just like Jack Staff said. Everything used to be black and white. Oh, I was going to say, I learned that from Calvin's dad. 
I think Jack Staff and Calvin's dad from and Calvin's dad from Calvin and Hobbes are both equally viable <laughs> ways to learn things. Like the little man who lives in our garage and opens and closes the door when I need to come in. So Clark doesn't think that he's really better than people just because he has powers. He wants to help people. And he's decided that the best way to do this is to work with the greatest inventor of the time to help and reshape the future. And Luther, who has been talking a big game about being Edison's right-hand man, uh, Lois introduces uh, Luther to Clark. It was like, yeah, this guy can get you a meeting with Edison. And so a week later, when that meeting comes up, we find out that Luther is actually only a bookkeeper, but Clark still wants to help out. And so Thomas Edison, notorious asshole, has a hard time visualizing how the world's strongest man can help with technology until Clark is like, oh, uh, I can just make light bulbs in my hand really, really fast. And Edison's like, good enough. don't even bring up the fact that he's an occultist. I love weird Edison stuff. Along with J.P. Morgan. You know what I'm referencing, right, Rick? Five Fists of Science. Yeah. I loaned my copy of that to someone and I never got it back. Weird. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, time passes and Kent ends up meeting Nikola Tesla, who's also working for Edison at the time. And Tesla wonders why like Clark Kent is doing what he does. And Luther similarly wonders why and doesn't trust Clark's intentions. And Clark is just like, I want a better place for mankind. And we should be able to share these discoveries with the masses. And Luther and Edison are both like, that's dumb. We need to make money off of this shit. And then Edison's like, and I'm the most important person. Which I, I like how they, they get off Edison as being a total asshole. Classic Edison. And so Tesla has developed the alternate current plans, but Edison is all in on his direct current. And when they do a uh, quick test of it, it uh, turns out that uh, Clark Kent was holding two wires together and he is immune to being shocked with electricity. And meanwhile, Luther reveals that he went over to Westinghouse and offered them the alternating current. They accepted it. And as Luther and Tesla go to like switch sides, Clark offers to come along too. And before long, he is working on a power station at Niagara Falls. And this was an actual power station that existed, which was very neat to find out. Like, I enjoy the scientific pit, the scientific bits that you can look up without needing to, like, it doesn't really hit you over the nose with it. Yeah. And so uh, Lois Lane shows up. She's interested in Clark, but, like, Luther it does not notice this at all. And he's vain, and he sees himself as, like, the true force behind these inventions. And Clark is only a marketing technique. And as reporters rush in, Lois ends up getting pushed over to the side, only to be saved by Clark. And Lois suggests that maybe he should get a costume. So Clark gets his new duds and goes home to see his parents, and they reveal that he is not from Earth. And they show him his space pod, which he soon shares with his science friends, uh, Lex Luthor, Nikola Tesla, Theodore Knight, and Barry Allen, who begin reverse engineering the technology that they saw from a uh, hologram in the ship. So soon, Ted Knight becomes Starman, 
and he has a star rod when he releases a bolt from it to test to see how it affects Superman. It ends up bouncing off of Superman and hitting a bunch of chemicals that spill onto Barry Allen, which turns him into the human Flash. Let's and talk so, about for real. If this was modern time, holy shit, would there have been a lawsuit? Yeah, but these dudes are only horny for science. Until those chemicals turned out to be acid and then Barry's dead. <laughs> he would... Des- well, not... Th- this Barry wouldn't deserve it, but normal Barry Allen is an asshole. Uh, so time passes and... They end up developing cold wireless lamps, which are essentially like glass light orbs, and they're passing them out to the people, but when they run out, the people begin rioting and fighting over the orbs, which causes the police to descend on them, and the uh, League of Science uh, sees their plans falling apart, and Luther's really angry because they developed these orbs without him, and they weren't going to ask for money, and Clark gets angry because wealth is Luther's only drive. Lois and Clark meet together that evening, and he feels bad because he wants to believe in people, and he wants, like, things to be good for people, and it, like, backfired, but Lois loves that about him, and they kiss. Later on in Nevada, Clark has been called in because an alien with some sort of Green Lantern ring has shown up, offering Clark the ring so he can become the Green Lantern successor. Clark refuses, based on, like, all the other stuff that he has to do. So he nominates Captain Hal Jordan because he was in the room, and he becomes the Green Lantern in 1896. Everybody really te- good for you, Hal Jordan. You knew how to be in the right place at the right time. <clears throat> yep. Didn't even deserve it. Jiminy Jillikers. Also, I question how many people would have actually been fighting for those orbs if this was really 1896. Why would you say that? Because crazy technology like that would spook the fuck out of people. But you also have a flying man from space. I get and like that. a super fast man. But people also thought that the train that was being filmed in the very first movie was going to actually run them over. Yeah, but like these people have been making science and it's New York City. I'm assuming. Probably. I I feel people would be a little bit more skeptical. I can see that, but there's always the people who are super into technology, like the people who sign up without reading uh, the like terms of use. That didn't exist, though, in 1896, Luke. Yeah, but no, that same mentality of, oh yeah, just give me the technology, I don't care if you're secretly spying on me. But they would have been more of a religious society back then, and it would have been more of like, holy shit, this is the devil's work. Like, quite true, but they would have probably tried to kill Clark Kent. I I can see your point, but I think they might have also been ostracized in the city. And I mean, we see a bit of them later on. Yeah. Like, immediately after this scene, we see people who have been having issues with, like, the growth of technology and science. But Clark Kent isn't concerned about them right now, as he has assembled the League of Science in the Olympus building, which is owned by Thomas Wayne. And Clark wants to make this new group to help make the world better for everyone. Hal Jordan and Lex Luthor are doubtful. And Jordan is haunted basically because of what he's seen of mankind during war. 
And meanwhile, Superman meets with a young Bruce Wayne. But when he hears Luther trying to propose to Lois Lane, uh, things are going south because she had already accepted Clark's proposal because he's an inspiration to people. He wants to make the world better. And so with Luther rebuffed, Superman comes in and they dance together in flight. Time passes again and we see some, uh, like, news footage. Superman and Lois Lane end up getting married. Luther begins mysterious expeditions across the world. The human flash discovers the sound barrier. Green Lantern prevents what I assume is the Ohio River flood of 1897. That was a fun thing to try and look up. Mm Mm-hmm. And good job, Adesakti, for looking up events that happened during that time. Because I was confused for a second when I was trying to look up Ohio flooding events, and then it was like, oh, there was a big flood in 1897. So Luther's expedition runs into trouble as everyone on the ship starts falling ill, so they call for help, which summons Superman, Starman, and the Green Lantern. And it turns out that Luther's expedition found radium, which is killing everybody. So... The League of Science rescues the crew, and they blow up the ship, and Luther swears revenge, even though he technically broke their science pact, because he was hurting people with science. And guess what? There's radiation. Guess who's going to lose their hair? It's Lex Luther, and we see that he is bald as he meets with Tesla soon after, and he wants Tesla to design a radiation ray, and Tesla, like, runs away as soon as he sees Clark and Lois approaching, because Tesla did not have good mental health later on in his life. And it turns out that half the men on that expedition have died, and uh, Clark overheard Luther wanting to get a death ray built, and Luther's like, but you have your moon base! And Clark's like, dude, just stop the radium development. And we don't really see what the moon base is used for at all, it's just like a base on the moon. So your pals around with the Inhumans. Oh, God. Guess you finished that series. Not you, because you realized it was never going to be good? Oh, I did finish it. I'm so sorry. Did you know that Maximus is actually a good person and by far the best person in the series? There's an oppressive caste system that... Black Bolt is perpetuating, and Maximus is going to stop it. Maximus is the true hero of the show. I have heard nothing good about that show. Oh. Karnak becomes a weed manufacturer. That's great. Yep. Uh, so Clark ends up calling another meeting of the League of Science, and Luther wants to be able to produce guns because there's other, like, weapons manufacturers, but it is explicitly against their charter. And the Human Flesh brings up how the Green Lantern has been getting involved with wars as a soldier. And Druiden's like, well, first off, I am still enlisted, and I'm also not happy because this technology that's being developed is inspiring wars. And the meeting ends, and Luther stays behind to talk with Jordan about secret things. Clark, meanwhile, goes to take the Waynes on a tour to the League of Science headquarters when an explosion goes off, killing the Waynes, whose body shielded young Bruce, uh, allowing him to survive. 
Hope nothing's going to come from Bruce Wayne having his parents killed. Hopefully. Uh, Clark and the League of Science start to investigate and find clues about the Spartans who wanted to take down the bosses of the industry and the science people who are empowering them. And when Lois mentions that she had done an interview on some of them, Clark asks for their address. Uh, They go to their base, and they find it abandoned, except that the Green Arrow is there, who's easily able to take down Starman and the Human Flash. But that's when the common people surround them. The Green Arrow explains that the Industrial Revolution is leaving people underpaid and unable to get help when they need it. And while they... And while the League of Science is standing for science, he asks them, Who will stand for justice? Why isn't there some sort of justice league? And Clark tries bringing up how these Spartans have killed people, and Green Arrow's like, Oh yeah, I'm working on that. And then he runs away and is like, And you also have some bigger problems ahead! So Luther and Hal Jordan meet on his new Zeppelin before enacting their plan, and Hal soon goes to... Oh, yeah. Like, I guess he's no longer exploring the world, which was keeping him thin, or it's a side effect of horrible radiation. Or now that Lois will never be his, he decided to let himself go. Let it go, let it go, Lois won't love you anymore. And uh, so Hal ends up going to ask Clark for help with something in space, and he ends up abandoning him on what I thought was their moon base, but it's uh, like a whole other planet we see later on. Because we can't just have the moon base that's brought up. They'll never think to look for you! On the moon! So when Howe returns, he lies and says that Clark was killed by a comet, and Lois enters into mourning, and Lex Luthor immediately tries to hit and on her. It's like, dude! <laughs> Luthor gets jacked. Uh, so time passes, and it's now 1911. Green Arrow tries to stop some thieves, but he ends up causing a factory explosion. And a strange, mysterious woman is the only survivor who is seen by a drunk as she flies the hell out of there. The League now consists of Starman, the Human Flash, Plastic Man, and the Atom. And as they try and investigate into the explosion, they find the Batman, who explains what went down and how he also heard about this mysterious flying woman. Luther, unsurprisingly, we find out, was behind the factory explosion, or, well, he was behind the factory that exploded, which has slowed down his plans. And we find out that he is also associated with Wonder Woman, who he has adopted in a really, really creepy way after promising to help the Amazons. Meanwhile, Batman and Alfred discuss the coincidence that a factory that was owned by a Luther Shell company, which is illegal because he is now the, uh, because he is now the Secretary of Defense and should have divested from that, Uh, They find it weird that it was filled with highly damaging explosives. And later on, Wonder Woman ends up giving a speech about how Germans took over Themyscira. They're looking for war and how the Americans need to join in the fight. Classic Jerry. And Lois, meanwhile... Mm-hmm. And Lois, meanwhile, is also interested in this looming shadow of war. And while Luther wants to go to war... 
He claims it's to show force and because it would help the economy. And God, this is where it was like, oh, yep, these are the fucking people we've got in office now. What? No. Yeah. So Bruce ends up dancing with the Wonder Woman and talks about how she's helping Lex Luthor develop some technology. And meanwhile, how Jordan is preparing to head to the Eastern Front to help give advice. And Luther's like, hey, Wonder Woman, you know how you got those superpowers? Show them off, baby. And so Starman ends up firing a bolt at her, which does not hurt her. And it turns out that she does not notice flames. And that makes Bruce suspicious. Because her cloak cat. Because her cloak catches on fire and stuff. Meanwhile, the tank. Meanwhile, tanks have appeared on the front line during this First World War, and Hal Jordan is suspicious. He flies in and destroys a tank, so the Germans call in yellow suits of anti-gravity armor, which he is unable to directly affect, so he ends up just taking two tanks and smashing them all together, and that action ends up draw and that action ends up dragging the United States into war. When Jordan confronts Luther, suspicious of this technology that is just like Lex Luthor's, Luther promises that his death ray will keep them safe. And then he can become president. London, meanwhile, gets bombed with an atomic bomb, and this outrages Hal Jordan. He attacks Luther. Wonder Woman comes in and tries to stop Hal Jordan. But Luther takes the opportunity to bury a yellow-headed axe into Jordan's back. And before anyone can ha- and before anyone can catch the ring, it floats off into space where Clark Kent finds it as he has been farming on an alien world. So, war begins quickly, and the League of Science is trying to help with humanitarian efforts, while the world fears greater atomic attacks. They feel unable to help, as, like, this is what progress has driven them to. They suddenly see a green flash, believing it to be Hal Jordan, who has mysteriously disappeared, as far as they know, and they find Clark instead. Meanwhile, in the city... Batman finds that Wonder Woman is directly associated with Lex Luthor. Return to Earth, Clark struggles to find out what he's going to do. And then he's immediately like, oh no, guys, let's just beat the hell out of these damn Jerry's with their super technology. And Luthor quickly finds out about this and he jumps onto his airship and is like, hey, Diana, come along. And she's really not willing to help him after he led London to get bombed. So as she's left alone, Batman comes in and uh, starts talking about things with Wonder Woman. We find out that Luther has been talking with Bismarck, and he tells Bismarck to launch the nuclear missiles, which should lead into a truce between Germany and the United States. And Wonder Woman explains to Batman that she was swayed by Luther's talks about small sacrifices for the greater good. And that Luther planned to trick the Germans into attacking the United States so he could use his death ray, stop the missiles, and then become president. And she and Batman decide to go and help to destroy the death ray. So Luther arrives and tries to get Tesla to leave the death ray as he fires up the generators. Tesla just wants to stay to see his beautiful, beautiful death ray. And across the uh, sea, the Justice League or the uh, League of Science confronts the Germans, 
They're able to stop the rockets and capture Bismarck, which forces him to surrender during the war. Meanwhile, as Wonder Woman and Batman show up at the Death Ray, uh, Superman is able to stop the last of the missiles. But when Luther sees him, he strikes Superman with his Death Ray, which has limited effects. The machine starts acting up, so Wonder Woman attacks it and ends up dying from the energy release. Luther gets locked in jail. Clark asks Luther why he did it, and Luther's like, I wanted to leave a mark on the world no matter the cost. And then Clark talks to the World Assembly about how this war was made by people being greedy and how they lost so much. And so now they're going to stand for justice as he forms the Justice League of Nations. And he's like, oh, and you guys can, I guess, share this Green Lantern ring and power battery. So that none of you can ever use it against one another. And the remaining League members promise to be there if needed, but they want to return to science for now. Clark and Lois fly off for some alone time, Batman Batmans, and Luther gets executed for being a war criminal. The Classic end. war criminal, Luther. That was a was. good ding sound. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it was the ding, ding, ding bell for Luther, you're dead. So I really, really enjoyed this story. Like it was well thought out. It like was a period piece without being like too cliched or hokey. Yeah, no, I thought it was a good one. Mm-hmm. It's much better than the Justice League movie. Uh yeah, and we didn't get any questions for this one, so uh, let's just go question. to Trials of the Multiverse. I think what we could put... What would Nikola Tesla mm-hmm. be? Tony Stark. Bam. Iron Man. Nailed it. Alright, let's keep going. What uh, supervillain would Thomas Edison be? So... Lux Luthor? Yeah, uh, Darren Cross? Like, any of the highly morally corrupt businessy semi-science people like i did like that edison and luther did not get along because they were essentially the same person yeah um yeah let's put this on trousers of the multiverse i really really enjoyed the story partially because it reflects my views of uh you know there cannot be a technological revolution less even the poorest people can uh, access the technology that's being yep. offered. Okay, I like it more than Superman's Secret Identity. Like, Superman's Secret Identity is a very different story. But, like, this is Superman very much being Superman out of time. I'd put it above... I could go for putting it above Super... I could go for putting it above Shazam Monster Society of Evil, but I don't think you'll go that high. Yeah, probably not. So, can we agree to put it above Punisher Killed Daredevil? Yes. So, our new number three is Earth 1876. JLA, Age of Wonder. And that knocks out the Valiant High universe. Come at us, Daniel Kibblesmith. Who 
got a higher ranking than All Star Superman. Uh, yeah, this was just a very very good comic all together. Yeah, that no, was very good. And uh, yeah, do you know what we're covering next week, Devin? We're tying in with something. Oh no no we're 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 doing exiles again. Oh okay. Yeah, you know it's our monthly exiles. Yes. So we come further into the Claremont run of the series before he ends it. So yeah, uh, oof, oofa doofa. That's going to wrap us up for this week. Devin, where can people find you online? Find me online at Fred Fett. That's F R E D D O F E T T. Luke, where can people find you? You can find me online at, at Coltreg. That's K O L T R E G or at Luke L U K E H E R R dot com. Multiverse Q is a weekly podcast. We'll occasionally do these bonus episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, uh, let us know. Leave us comments. Tell your friends. Share it on Reddit. Share it on forums. Let people know that you think that we're the ones who are inspiring uh, whiz kids to put out alternate universe hero clicks. Also send us alternate universe hero clicks. It definitely. Um, yes. No matter what boner Lord 74 says. Right. What, what's wrong with you boner Lord 74? You couldn't get boner Lord 69. Commit to the bit. Uh, you can find more about us at, yeah, you can find more about us at multiversalq.com. We also have a Patreon, which is under my name and is linked on the site, where for as little as a dollar a month, you get bonus episodes when we record them, and you get early episodes of our other podcast, Exiled. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at exiledpodcast.com, where you can also send in questions. Send us in questions about Exiled next week, or about Exiles next week, and we'll see you then. Until then... This one's for Hank.